0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the first episode of UFC Roundup 2023 edition, and you know, it's the first one. It's so special that me and Michael thought we just do this thing in person. Michael, what's up, dude? What? This is nice, dude.
1: I like this. I, you know, maybe I should just move to Philly so we can start shooting UFC Roundup together, Paul. It's good. I, I like that you
0: buddy. that you thought of moving towards me. That's 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 why we're friends. You, I, you didn't want me to move out towards you. You wanted to come to me. You know, I just I I know how much you like Philly, you know. I do. So, you, know, you know, my not... mom lives there, my brothers live there. Yeah, see. Wife, children. We
1: could trade, we could go back and
0: forth. Yeah, we'll do one month Philly, one yeah. month Washington.
1: There you go. UFC Roundup Traveling Edition.
0: The Traveling Edition. But listen, yeah. we're in studio. I'm getting on a flight to Houston then to Brazil. You are going to Bristol, Connecticut to work this pay-per-view. So both of us working this weekend. Yep. UFC 283. We got a big pay-per-view coming up and uh we're going to get right into it. Um Main event?
1: Yeah, man. Tremendous main event. It kind of came about in short order after the whole debacle. It was UFC 282 when Anka and Jan Blahovitz fought to a draw. And in the whole storyline with this main event and how it came together, I just love it how Jamal Hill says it's like before the, before the guys even got out of the octagon after the main event, he's getting a phone call from the powers that be saying, Hey. You want to go to Rio and fight Glover to share for the title, and yes. uh, and there's a, a wise man named Sean Strickland once said, "Opportunity <laughs> comes knocking when you really don't want it to, you know." So it's it's not like it's when you want to, you know, when you fight for the title, you want to have a long camp, you want to have good preparation, but sometimes
0: it don't work that way. Yeah.
1: So it, and I love this fight, you know. It's like the young lion versus the old lion, Glover trying yeah. to recapture his title in his backyard, you know. And a lot of people are wondering, like, does if Glover can pull this off. Does he ride off in the sunset after fighting in Rio in, in, in his the home belt country, in Brazil? Yeah.
0: I mean, what a scene that'll be, Paul. Oh, it's going to be chaos, man! And, and these Brazilian fans have been waiting a long time for us to get back, so you know it's going to be crazy. And we got to talk about the game plans and the strategy because I think it's pretty guy. Both guys obviously well rounded, right? But I think it's pretty clear that Jamal Hill is going to want to keep it on the feet and not play the jujitsu game with Glover and try to knock him out. He's been working with Anthony Smith, brought him in. Obviously, those two guys were supposed to fight and ended up actually training together, and Anthony helped him prepare for that. And a guy that's been in there with Glover and knows exactly how he feels, the pressure that he gives on the ground. Whose game plan is going to win out? I mean, how is Jamal Hill's takedown defense versus how good Glover is at using his boxing to mix in those takedowns? I think he's gonna be on him. I think Glover is gonna to have to really pressure, get in tight, use the fence, mm. and kind of just try to wear on that gas tank. Even though Glover is the older guy in this matchup, he's so durable. He's got such good cardio because he's been doing this for so damn long. He's been in these five round fights. I mean, look at his last fight. He's been in absolute battle. So how do you see it kind of playing out? You know, the one thing I feel like Jamal has going for him is the fact that he doesn't cut a lot of weight. And when, yeah. you, when you're fighting a grueling fight, when you're fending off and a lot And he brought of- in Ian Larios for this one to make yes. sure that he didn't even have to worry about anything. Ian's been cooking for him. Anybody that doesn't know who Chef Ian is, he's a guy that I've worked for. He was a Lockhart guy for years and just cooks amazing food, makes sure you're dialed in, and just oh, yeah. really... Really gives a ton of yeah, attention I, to all the weight cut I, procedures. Last
1: time I made fifty five, I believe Ian was the guy yeah. that was that was kind of spearhead in the weight cut. So he's he's one of the best. But for he's Jam- watched
0: you almost die several times. He's watched
1: me almost die several times. But for Jamal, he's not a guy that cuts a lot of weight. You know, I've i fought on the same card as him in Raleigh, North Carolina, and. He's a guy that's like, you know, he's eating steaks and stuff leading into yeah. this fight. You know, you watched if you watch the countdown show, Ian Larios cooking him up looks yeah. like a wagyu ribeye, you know, something mm. nice. But I think the fact that, that Jamal Brazilian doesn't state. I think that the fact that he doesn't cut a lot of weight is gonna benefit him in that fight because that's a grueling style of fight. When you have to defend a lot of takedowns, yeah. your energy system's not gonna be compromised from recovering from a tough weight cut. Uh, but the one X factor when it comes to the game plans for both of these men. And and it's the X factor I feel that favors Glover to share is look who his main training partner is. There's nobody that can emulate oh, Jamal God. Hill yeah. better than the middleweight champion, Alex Bejeda. You know, Jamal Hill has tremendous power in both hands, particularly the left. He's got a great left hand, he's long, he's got a long reach. But I mean, all of those things Alex can do better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like that's like the biggest X factor for both of these guys is. Yes, Jamal Hill brings in Anthony Smith, and he he's got valuable insight. He's been in the octagon with him, and not to mention Anthony Smith, one of the better analytical minds in mixed martial arts and fantastic jujitsu guy. I mean, oh yeah, but he was he was beaten by Glover bad, yeah. very badly. So I feel like when it comes to like. The people that are within the camps, I mean, that really weighs to the to the side of Glover Teixeira having Alex Pajeda in his camp. So, you know, obviously it's, you know, Glover wants to take this fight to the floor. Jamal's going to want to keep it on the feet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a matter of can Jamal fend off the takedowns, and if he can, for how long? Exactly, with the five-round fight, man, it, a lot it, of chances. You know, and, and Glover's been in a lot more five-round fights, but I feel like Jamal got that invaluable exp- that, that valuable experience when he took on Tiago Santos, and he touched the championship rounds. They fought into the fourth round. And, and he got that TKO finish in the fourth round. So it shows he can get in the trenches. He can mm-hmm. get past the third round and have the conditioning not only to keep fighting, but to pursue finishes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, another thing we got to really think about is that it is in real, mm-hmm. and it is in Brazil. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, that doesn't matter. Or, the crowd doesn't affect. They can't fight for you. But. Glover is going to be on another level of trying to get this belt back. You know, the opportunity kind of slipped away when the last matchup all fell apart. And now here he is presented with this opportunity to go back and try to regain his championship. And being in his 40s, he's going to want to go out. This, like you said, even if he doesn't retire, this is one uh, opportunity that he is not going to want to let slip through his fingers to be able to go and win that belt back in his home country Um do you think that's going to affect him at all? Do you think it's going to affect Glover at all? And how much will it affect Jamal Hill being able to fight in enemy territory like that? Well, you know, he, you fought in Brazil when you fought Tornado,
1: correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I, I never fought in Brazil, but I cornered my teammate Sam a few times. Once in Rio and once in Guyana. And, man, that the first one in Rio was like Brazil almost pitched a shutout. Like, it's its Rio, when you when you go to these Brazil shows... The the fans are nuts. They're they're very passionate fans, and I say nuts in a great way. Like I'm not saying that in a in a very in a derogatory way at all. It's the passion they have. It's so genuine. Uh, But in Rio, it's different. I mean, that's like the fans there. It's like I I feel like it's it's Brazil versus everyone, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know. But for Jamal, when it comes to being in that environment and being in hostile territory, he is busting at the seams with confidence. just in general, so I don't think that that's really going to get to him. I think his confidence is so high that he's going to be able to block out the noise, and for Glover, I think he's going to feed—I think both guys are going to feed into it. Obviously, for Jamal, he's so confident that he's kind of embracing this moment. You know, I don't care. I'm going to Brazil. I'm fighting their boy. I'm going to go knock this guy out. It doesn't matter to him, But whereas it's on the opposite side for Glover where he's like, he's going to be soaking it in. I feel like it's going to kind of not affect both guys. If anything, it's going to affect them both in a good way, so— you know, it's, it's, but it is different. It's, it's, you think you're ready for it. And then you get there and you're like, holy crap, yeah. these people are chanting, you are going to die. You're gonna die. <laughs> and you're like, if this was like a, I always say this, if we were at like, if we were in the US and the fans started chanting like in English, you're going to die, I wonder if they'd find a way to like mute it out of the broadcast. Or something. Yeah, it sounds
0: so much. <laughs> it's hostile. Worse. Yeah, yeah, it's are going to die. And I can, I can remember when I did fight Ronaldo being in the locker room and the Americans were not, doing so well that night, I don't think. And you could just feel the place shaking and it's humid there and the walls feel like they're dripping and you could just hear them chanting that every time a Brazilian's facing a foreigner that you're going to die and you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore, man. I want to be home in my comfy house with my family and you start thinking about all that you really got to mentally check in Mm -hmm. when you're in that environment because they're screaming it at you the whole time you're walking out there especially if you're fighting one of their own and that's exactly what Jamal well, Hill was doing.
1: And then after you, and then after the fight's over, when you're walking back to the locker room, they 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 sing your praise, and then they ask you for your walkout. They love you. <laughs> they love they you. They love and, you. They love you, and then they want your walkout hat. I'll never yeah. forget. Like there was one fan. It's like you per- were just telling me I was going to die. <laughs> there was one fan in particular. I I made eye contact with him walking out, and he was like looking me in the face, wide eyed, pointing at me, yelling some stuff, and I'm like, holy crap. And then as I'm like walking back to the locker room, I, I looked to the same guy because Sam won. I wanted to be like, yeah, what's yeah. up? And then the guy's like. Like, Can I have your hat? I'm like, no, you can't have my no. hat.
0: <laughs> You're just screaming at my friend that he's gonna die in here. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but that's just that's just our headliner. Obviously, we got another championship match. Uh, Davis and Figueroa, Brandon Moreno. Four. Geez. The four. Qu- they said quadrilogy in the countdown. But what show. did we say? Tetralogy. Tetralogy. Tr- te- te- we're going to call it a tetralogy, yeah. okay? Yeah, here in Roundup, we use proper terminology, tetralogy. We don't mess around. We it. studied the books. <laughs> we looked it up. We found it in the uh, Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. Yeah. Isn't that what it was called, Ricci? Encyclopedia Britannica? You bought the set back in the day. I had the set. I remember when we got the set to my house, the big brown book. So that's it was why a you have such a, so much depth with your dialogue. There's no depth to my knowledge. There's no, <laughs> there's no vocabulary over here. Uh, I remember those anyway i'm not going to get into the encyclopedia botanic but let's talk about this fourth matchup. Oh. Obviously there's been a draw. Both guys have won. Um who do you think has the advantage going into this fourth fight? Well the momentum obviously is on the side of Davison Figueredo. Mm.
1: It's such a it's it, a, and there's su-
0: something else we got to talk about. Yeah. Is the camp. Yeah. For For uh, Moreno, Moreno. yeah. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, so. we won't get into all the whys and all that kind of stuff. But he cannot be training where he
1: was training before. No, he cannot. So for me, when I look at this fourth fight, there's been kind of like a kind of, not drama, but like, you know, the first fight you get the draw. The second fight, Moreno goes in there and silences (laughs) the critics, gets that nice rear naked choke finish. And then the third fight, very controversial because to me... You know, Davidson won because of a few key moments. Mm-hmm. He, he won. he You know, in boxing, if you drop somebody, it's a 10-8 round regardless. Um, I feel like Moreno, you know, he won the fight, but Davidson won one key moments that, that got him the victory. So there's just more kind of more fuel to the fire in terms of why this fourth fight's happening. There's just like, aside from that second fight when, when Moreno, you know, went out there and iced him. It's like the, there's, the, there's the draw and then there's this controversial decision. And it's one of those things where nobody – this is like one of the few times in, in, in my time in MMA following the sport where the fans are not complaining about there being a trilogy or, a, in this case, a fourth fight because the fights are so good. You yeah. know, these, they, they, like, I'm not saying – I'm putting it on the level of, of like Chuck and Tito, you know, even though they only fought twice in the UFC. But, like, there's the fans get so excited when these two are fighting. Like, they are meant to fight each other. Like, styles make fights, and we are so fortunate that we get to see these guys do it over and over again. And the crazy thing is, is if Moreno goes out, they can fight a fifth
0: time. I mean, it's like, it's one of those situations where... Yeah, because there's a draw in there. It's a a weird situation, because you draw the first one, right? Yeah. Then a a, a clean-cut victory for Brandon Moreno. Then it's... A close decision for Figueroa if this one's close. (laughs) What
1: is a fifth fight called, Richie? I have no penta penta pentology? Pentology? I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. But when you talk about the camp changes when when you talk about the camp changes, I like safe Sayud with Brandon Moreno. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. It's you know, if anybody that doesn't know who Safe Sayud is, he's the head coach at Fortis MMA. Um, and you talk about a stable, you know, Jeff Neal and Ryan Spann. And you've got a really, really tough roster of guys. And, and he's 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 got a militant style of coaching, very militant approach. Yeah. Obviously, he's got good technical aspects to his coaching, but he's got a very militant approach. And who's – there's no – if you have to choose a different corner when you're about to go into enemy territory,
0: yeah, into someone's point. backyard – to have and somebody a... who's loud and cuts through the crowd, too. Yes. And that's going to be important when you're fighting somebody like Davis and Figueiredo in Brazil. Absolutely. So I think that what a good fit for Moreno yeah. for this moment. I think that it's good to have a
1: cheap corner that, like you said, he can cut through the crowd, and he's just – I'm sure that there's a lot of insight. Like, he's a motivator. Um, mm-hmm. One of my teammates fought somebody from Fortis, and, and I saw a clip of him getting his fighter off the stool. Like, he knows how to kind of – He's brutally in. honest with you. Too. He's brutally like, he, honest he with keeps
0: you. you. He keeps you aware of what's actually happening uh, during the fight. The yeah. way, if you're down, if you're getting caught with some things, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Ige just knocked out Damon Jackson uh, yeah. on Saturday night, and obviously Damon's a longtime uh, Safe Sayud guide. Yeah. And obviously, that, I'm not bringing that up because he lost, but he was. Really clear with him. Yeah. If you stay along this fence and you let Dan keep stalking you with his boxing, he's gonna catch you. You've got to get this fight in the clinch and get him to the ground. Yeah. He he's brutally honest in in terms of like the
1: X's and O's for these guys. Like nobody really needs to do anything different. You know, look how close these fights are. Like there's nothing like Moreno's takedowns have been on point. His clinch game's on point. Um, Davidson, you know, he's he he's got tremendous submission skills, tremendous power. You know, there's this is one of those things where. There's really nothing anybody could do from a technical standpoint to like do anything different because mm-hmm. they're both so good like that. That's why these fights have been so great as these guys are so well-rounded. So it's the choice in corner for Moreno, given that
0: he didn't have a choice. He had to pick somebody. I think that that could pay that could play a, a big role in this fight. Absolutely. Um uh, that fight's incredible. The card's incredible. We got to talk about the rest of this card. We can sit here and talk about the co-main and oh, main event for a long yeah, time. Sure, interesting matchups, right? Yeah, you know, Jamal Hill jumping in there in the main event, uh, Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa fighting for a, a freaking fourth time. What other fights on the on the card are really standing out to you? I mean, we've got Jessica Andrade, um, Lauren Murphy, Shogun Hua is retiring mm-hmm. in Brazil. Um, oh. Michael, we oh. have we have some <laughs> oh. listen, we're gonna get into that in a second, but bring bring it in. We, Come on in, we got Morgan. some sandwiches Come here. Morgan Morgan. Oh, since we're yeah. in person. you go,
1: Polly. Which which oh. one's which? Do we know? Oh, we got the same We got the same thing, right?
0: Oh, wow. Oh my god. Oh, uh, sourdough. We got coffees, we, we got, got car coffees. and shoes. Thank you, we got Morgan. Potatoes. Go listen, Clemson. Um we're gonna take a bite of this real quick. Yeah, let's see what we got. And then go. we're gonna Oh, oh man, man. Oh, Damn. oh, a couple minutes. See, okay, guys. So we got We got some sourdough breakfast sandwiches. Some sourdough breakfast sandwiches with some bacon, cheese, and egg. smells so good. Let's see. Cheers. Guys, cheers. So, we talk a lot about sandwiches. Mm. Now we get to eat them. Oh. Oh. Mm. Can you hear that? Can Mm. you hear what that The buttery. Mm. Richie, are you peanut butter and jealous right now? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you hate us because you ain't us? Uh, yeah, Richie. Oh it, my God, this is good, This man. is a really good sandwich. Really good sandwich. We got some, I think these are red potatoes, mm-hmm. too. Now, mm-hmm. they did bring ketchup, too. These guys know what's up at this spot. Yeah, they're smart. Um, Bacon, egg, and cheese on a sourdough. Crispy bacon. Crispy bacon. Very good. Um, One other fight. Give me another fight. Well, I'll give you two. So I'll give you time to eat some of that sandwich,
1: Paul, because I had a little breakfast before. I know you're pretty hungry. I know you burn a lot of calories. This guy rode over 100 miles the other day on his bike. Just a total lunatic. 115. It wasn't that bad. So, there's two fights. A, the the feature bout. Neil Magny, Gilbert Burns. You know, obviously, that's a fight I'm paying close attention to. I've shared the octagon with Neil Magny. Uh, You know, Gilbert Burns, you know... (laughs) A guy that, you know, he really made a campaign for fighting in Brazil, and I can see why, you know, it's, it's if you look on his humanizing fighters uh, by the the journalist named Alex, I forget his last name, it starts with a B, um, his favorite place in the world to travel to is Rio. So, obviously, Gilbert Burns really wants to fight there. Having some microphone trouble here, Michael.
0: Oh, that's okay. It's uh, um, it's, it's it's have it needs some. It's a it needs the blue pill.
1: <laughs> it needs a it, what is it it needs a blue chew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Call Buffer. Hey, what did I do to this? Blue thing? Chew UFC it's, Roundup is. sponsored by Blue Chews. We oh. wish. Oh, it's a technical fix here. Need equipment. There we go. Curtis, everyone. Thank Curtis, you Curtis. thank you, Curtis. We got we got good staff over
1: here, Morgan yeah, that, Curtis. Uh, and the other fight I'm looking forward to, Paul. Oh, well. You know, hometown boy, shuttle Park Highlander, Terrence McKinney. Mm-hmm. You know, Terrence. I coached Terrence for for four years in high school. Tremendous athlete. It's and it's cool for me. I don't. I don't. Pers- I don't push it for my wrestlers to fight. That's never what it was with Terrence. But he just kind of, as I was going along my journey, um, he he, he kind of got inspired as he was kind of my understudy for a little while and. Now look at him. He's in the UFC. Holds the fastest knockout uh, record. You got murderous right power. That kid. He, he's crazy. and He's so fighting. Ga- I think it's either Gabriel Is Ismail Bonfim. I know it's one of the Bonfim brothers.
0: Yeah, Is Ismail.
1: Ismail. Ismail yeah. Bonfim. So good. Tough fight. Bonfim. You know, contender series vet. Him and his brother really impressed. Fighting on the same card. Fun fight for Terence. So I'm really excited for that feature bout between Magny and Burns. I'm really excited to see Terence get his first international
0: fight. So and, and I'm just. It's exciting. You know, Shogun Hua is a guy that I think any MMA fan who's been following the sport for a long time, anybody that was a pride fan knows this guy so well. And it's crazy to think of how young he actually is. Shogun is not even really all that old, but he has been around since he was a kid, basically fighting in the biggest fights around the world. So to be able to be a part of him retiring like that, it's going to be a really special uh, moment to call that on the broadcast. So, Shout out to Shogun too, um, for finally hanging it up and and having an absolutely incredible, exciting Hall of Fame epic for sure. career. Former champion, Hall of Famer. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, Brazil is going to go crazy for him on Saturday night. Yeah, I'd say he's probably. I, I'd be willing to guess he gets the loudest pop.
1: I think he gets the loudest pop of the crowd. I mean, Shogun—he's not that much older than us, honestly. I mean, he's. Yeah, I might be older than him. He was—I remember Shogun I'm was. Tw- check. Shogun was twenty-three years old when he won the two thousand and five middleweight Grand Prix for Pride, and at that time, I think I was like nineteen. So he's probably forty. I'd he say. He might. Forty-one.
0: He's forty-one now. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought. Okay.
1: Yeah. See, Paul, you young pup. I know, man. He's still, still only
0: forty-one. It's not that old. But it's hmm. crazy to think when you talk about.
1: There's there's a big difference between how old a fighter is and their their MMA age. Like That's you, a fact. It, like Shogun's only forty-one, but for how many fights he's had at the level he's been fighting at, I mean, he's like ninety-four. I'm saying that with all due. I'm not saying that in like a bad way. Like he's his his MMA age, his MMA years are like. Double his age, so shout out to him for hang, you know hanging in there for so many years. winning yeah, it
0: started when he was a kid, basically. winning titles in Pride and UFC. Not many people have done that, so kudos to him. So we're gonna do our five rounds. Mm-hmm. And round one, we gotta just we gotta talk about some big announcements. Obviously, that's what we're gonna do, Michael. I can't drop that. Not in studio. His trust is so good. Oh, see that? Mm. He didn't kiss it up to God. That used to be something we said when we was kid My mom be like, "Kiss it up to God." <laughs> <laughs> it's clean now. Uh, John Jones, mm. Mm. Cyril Gun.
1: Yeah, and shout out to whoever was uh, in charge of the advertising for T-Mobile for botching the- Way uh, ahead of time, right? I saw people to- posting that. <laughs> totally screwing up the announcement. Like, <laughs> you know- it, it, there was Is that, this
0: real? People are like, is this really?
1: Yeah, like people were so- Like when they accidentally put that up on T-Mobile, uh, Aaron Braun
0: said it actually called- part- Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting a note. Oh, that was actually Ricci who screwed that up. Ricci, come on, bro. Really? No. <laughs>
1: Aaron Bronsetter actually called the concierge at Park MGM and was like, hey, just- is this like, is this Photoshop or they really put that out there? Like, people were really digging in. But look, aside from the botched announcement, he's here. John Jones is coming back. And, you know, unfortunately, obviously, we would have loved to see him and Francis. I feel like that was the fight that was the fight to make and that'll go down in history as a Tony Ferguson Khabib as a a G. We've talked Anderson. about it before
0: right those fights that we've always wanted that slipped away well, well that's yeah, going to be one on the list right that's, there.
1: yeah that's in the 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 Mount Rushmore of of fights that we've lost but I mean gone versus Jones I mean we we have said this before Paul when we when we did roundup before Gon fought um before he fought Francis that we, we there are comparisons between gone and Jones in terms of their elusive style, mm-hmm. the use of the elbows. There's a lot of things that gone and gone and John, hmm. John and gone, a lot of things they do similarly. So it's going to be really interesting. What I'm curious on is how is John Jones going to look and move with all the extra weight on him? Cause he took his time, Put the weight on the right he way. Did. He certainly took his time. He definitely took his time. <laughs> you know, and, and it's 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 crazy that, you know, when Dana says that he was itching to come back. And John was. He wanted to fight 282 at the end of the year. Yeah, they
0: couldn't get a deal done. I mean, it, it, yeah. for his side of the thing has really been done for a while, to, it, to be fair to John. You know, he gets a lot of, you know, grief from a lot of people about holding out and doing all that stuff. But his side of the situation was figured out a while ago. So you can't really hold him accountable for all of that not no. happening. But what a tremendous fight. I mean, uh, I like it. I like
1: that fight. If John can avoid the power shots, I could see him capturing the title. I really could. I think that he's he, outside of all the 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 stuff outside the octagon, yeah. his, his shortcomings. This is a guy that is a master tactician. One of you want to talk high fight IQ like the guy. He's a brilliant fighter. He and it's not. He, we've seen him in tough situations, like the Alexander Gustafson Augustus, Augustus fight, the the Dominic Reyes fight. Like, he's been in tough fights, so it's not like he's just gone out there and dominated every fight. I'm saying that in a very complimentary way. Like, he can get in the trenches and fight you toe-to-toe and get in a war, or he can pick you apart and just use his masterful tac- tactics to cruise to to
0: a to lopsided win. So I'm really excited for that fight for sure. Yeah, and I think the wrestling will play a big part. And, and if john's wrestling translates as well into heavyweight that that'll be something to really keep an eye out because well, he's obviously got it and gone had trouble with francis mm-hmm. in the wrestling department and john jones obviously way more experienced wrestler but doesn't have the same size that francis has no it but john working with henry cejudo i think henry yeah. i think henry's actually going to be
1: in this corner if i'm i think that's the rumor so
0: henry dude's a turning into quite the coach as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can see past the cringe, there's, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, one of the best fighters we've ever seen, and um, he's becoming yeah. one of the better coaches. For and certain. we
0: got to talk round two, obviously, Fazeev whew, versus Justin Gaethje. We've all wanted to hear it. Fazeev has certainly wanted this fight for a while now, has been calling for it, and Justin's been kind of sitting around waiting to see what's going to happen. Well, he he said, hell yeah, let's go, and it's going to be the co-main event in London, UFC 286, Regie. Mm-hmm. 286. um I love every possible thing about that matchup I love Justin Gagey. I love faziv these guys know how to do striking like nobody's business yeah in very different styles Fazeev yeah. a little slicker with everything but unbelievable kicking game yeah so elusive when he wants to be with that the way he arches back out of the head kick. But it's not the head kicks he's got to worry about in this one. It's going to be the leg attacks yeah. and the power bombs that Justin Gaethje throws. <laughs> we know Justin's got the wrestling advantage. He's not going to use it. It's going you to know. be a striking battle because we just know that's how things work. If Justin flips the script, that'll be interesting. Yeah. And we'll be talking about it when it happens. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, you know, Justin. Justin's like,
1: it's like too prideful to wrestle. You know, And <laughs> he knows he knows what the fans want. He's... He, He's a fan-friendly fighter, to say the least. And what the one thing I like about this a lot, Paul, is we're finally going to potentially see a changing of the old guard at lightweight. Like when, we could. The last few years, it's been Poirier, Gaethje, Chandler, Charles, Oliveira, Conor Ooh, McGregor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Got <laughs> we got him in. We got him um, in. This could be a time. If Aziz can go out there and be Justin Gaethje, we're going to start to see a changing of the old guard to the new guard at lightweight. And you talk about guys that are knocking on the door of the top five, you gotta throw in Armand Sarukian. Oh man. Rafael Faziv. Like the, these guys, they're they're that they are that good. These guys are championship caliber fighters. They just haven't gotten that opportunity to to get a crack at the upper echelon. So I feel like this is gonna be the first fight where it's gonna be the old guard versus the new guard. Um, stylistically, what a fight. I mean this this I mean I hate to to jump out and say this could be fight of the year. But, I mean, when
0: you look at the names and who they are and how tough they are, this really could be something special. It's going to be something special. I just it, It's a Justin Gaethje fight. That's all the... It doesn't matter who's on the other side. Who's fighting? Oh, Justin Gaethje? Okay, I'm going to watch that fight. Now, th- that's for whether he wins or loses. I'm not saying he's nec- that means he's going to go out there and be physique, But with Justin out there, you're going to have an entertaining fight. No Absolutely. matter who he's fighting. So... Tune in for that one. That That's just an awesome uh, icing on the cake for that, that pay-per-view. Yeah, and we uh, got the trilogy going on, too. Usman and Liam yeah, Edwards. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be bananas over there in London. Fight. Unfortunately, I won't be working that on one, and I'm very sad about oh, it. Oh, so
1: you're not just... working. So let's just, you know, I know this is kind of off script, but, I mean, if you were to pick a winner between Gaethje and Fazeev... Man, we're going to we're
0: gonna do... Uh, hmm.
1: Man, I, I think Fazeev. I think so, too. I I, I, I hate know. to say it. You know what? And, and Justin is as tough as they come, but... There's a lot of momentum
0: riding on the side
1: of Fazeev yeah. for and, sure.
0: And, it, and it, Justin can make me eat those words, Justin. Yeah. So, don't, you know, I'm not counting you out. That would be just the slightest edge, and that's where I'm at right now. I got to go, and we'll see how he feels about it, right? It was a fight he didn't necessarily want, That's that's, and that always makes things interesting. But it may also light a fire under his ass because he might want to go and, okay, oh, you guys all wanted me to fight this guy? You all think he's the next big thing? Let me go kick this dude's ass so I can get on with the top of the division. Um, but we gotta move on from this one. We yeah. can talk that fight all day. Uh, what's round where we at? Oh, Brazilian. Since we're going to Brazil, we gotta talk greatest of all times. We're mm-hmm. gonna talk a lot about this on the way-in show this weekend. I don't wanna get into too much of it. Obviously we're gonna talk a lot of the Brazilian greats, but just one or two, who who are your list? If you had to give me a top five, who's on that list? Doesn't have to be one, doesn't have to be the fifth, but just sprinkle some. You some know, names my out in my there.
1: number one in you know, you you gotta throw Anderson Silva in there. Um, but he's not my number one. When you talk All time greats from Brazil, Big Nog. I mean, it's like this is a guy, you know. And for me, one of my favorite fighters of all time. Yeah. Got the chance to train with him. Um, (laughs) literally was like on the verge of tears when I met him. I was like, oh my god, it's Big Nog. Like this is a guy I grew up watching. Just you want to talk about a guy that's so beloved in his country, like.
0: And this is how this is how Big Nog shakes your hand when you meet him. He moves like a. I love the guy. He moves like a turtle. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Good, good brother. Brother, <laughs> yes.
1: Anyway, but the, he is, wanted me to do that. He is one of the most beloved fighters in Brazil. <laughs> I mean, the guy, you know, incredible fighter. He's the man. He is the man. You know, so for me to, you know, it'd be hard to just go off the cuff and just start going top five. But oh, he's I'll,
0: he's a legend. No, no doubt. He's my it. he's my number one. I'd say for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anderson, obviously, on there as well. um I, I, I got to say, you know, when, when I was thinking about this, I brought up Pois Gracie too, right? Now, now in modern MMA, where would he place? Uh, probably not that great, right? Because everybody knows jiu-jitsu. Everybody knows striking now. But we got to talk about the pioneers. You want to talk about a pioneer from Brazil, a guy that was thrown into the first one ever to go out there and win the tournament. Yeah. You know, that'll be a legend that we'll never forget. So he's definitely on the list. I think... Um, uh, Jose Aldo has got to be oh, on that yeah. list as well. The king of Rio? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Especially li- since we're going to Rio, You can't forget him. I like the way you say
1: tournament. 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 Ah, uh, yeah. I guess that's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably the Philly that's coming, the out, Philly of you. coming yeah, out of you. So... Yeah, you got to throw Jose Aldo in there for sure. I mean, you're Jose. Jose. I, Jose. I get... Zach Candido busts my butt all the time. He's saying like, quit saying Jose Aldo. But for like... <laughs> the longest time, we did say Jose. I know. And then we re-
0: were taught that that's not how he says his yeah. name. Yeah. It was probably John Anik that came in and actually corrected us. That man does his due diligence on making sure that we say those names right. Thank you, John. Can't wait to see you this weekend. Thank you, John. Um, Round four, New Year's resolutions. Now, we're going to make it interesting. Not only one for ourselves and what we are going to try to aim for this new year, but the UFC. What are some things you would like to see happen or change or anything? Okay, so... I'll, go, I'll give a personal one real quick.
1: I want to shoot a 90 or below this year with my golf game. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that crazy. means nothing to me. Yeah. I don't even know <laughs> that.
0: <means.
1: laughs> but for UFC, um, you know, in terms of for my personal goals with the UFC. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's fine. For my personal goals I mean, with the UFC. you are still active. Yeah. I, I, I love... You know, my, my personal goal with the UFC, I'd like to fight three times if possible. People think I'm retired. Oh yeah, yeah, people think I'm retired. I'm only eating half of this sandwich for a reason because I'm trying to get my weight down. Yeah, trying be, to fight. I'll be eating the other yeah. half of that. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I'm trying to get it get in there in March. Um, so obviously, I want to get back to competition um, for the sport. Um, you know, that that's a tough one. What I, what I, what I would like to see for the sport is I would really like to see the UFC go to Seattle. I'd like like to see the UFC go back to the Pacific Northwest. I know that they're really a big big emphasis this year is to get back on the road. And, you know, the Pacific Northwest is a hotbed for MMA. So hopefully Portland or Washington or even Vancouver, Canada. um, You know, I would love, whether I'm a part of that or not as a fighter um, or an analyst, I would just love to see mixed martial arts. You know, I'd like to see the UFC go back to what I believe to be the, you know, there's there's a lot of history when it comes to mixed martial arts in, in the West Coast. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see the UFC go back to the Pacific Northwest. Those are all good. Those and all I'd good. like to get a shot at commentary. Why not? Hell yeah, Why I want to be the Throw busiest man in there. MMA. I want to fight. You're sitting here with a microphone in I front want, of you. I want to fight. I want to podcast. I want to work the desk. I, I want to commentate. I want to be busy. I want to be, be busy.
0: Mike wants to wear all the hats. Um, For me, personal, I want to... Uh, for you know, obviously, I'm going to bring up triathlon, and everybody's going to go. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I want to. I want to break uh, the four, four, th- four hours and thirty minutes for my seventy point three. The um, the distance I like to race the most. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think if I can get like four twenty something, I think I can come close to being winning my age group and in some small races, maybe even getting the top three, top five in the race. For the UFC, obviously, I would. Uh, I I'd like to see something happen with the judging and be maybe somehow find a way to make them more accountable or, you know, be able to kind of explain themselves. And a lot of other people have said this same thing, but I think that's got to happen. And I'm not saying throw them under the bus, but allow them to kind of explain, okay, why did you see that this way. That's all. Yeah. I mean, they do the post-fight, you
1: know, when the fighters get done, they do their little post-fight interview in front of the media. But we don't hear any. No, but the judges don't. I wouldn't mind if the judges had to do something like that. If there's a questionable call, you know,
0: it's like, the commission should be able to say, hey, we want to hear why you, why you did that. Hey, Doug Crosby, we know
1: you like to talk. So here's your opportunity for botching this score. (laughs) Why don't you sit in front of this panel of journalists
0: and explain why you scored this fight in a terrible way? Exactly. Hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. That's all. and I'm not saying they're all bad, and I'm not saying that I would do any better, guys. I'm just saying, let's let's figure this out. It's a new sport, and we're still evolving, and the game is evolving. So how we're going to score it is going to have to evolve. Well, and I think that for
1: fans to put a little more context to that, why it's so important for judging is a. It's not just about who gets their hand raised and who doesn't. I mean, uh, it changes the trajectory of a fighter's career. Like one, yeah, and one, and their money. One loss can change the trajectory of their career. Can change the direction of their financial losing status. Losing a belt, losing a belt, Which like is millions of dollars. You're yeah, losing millions of dollars if you lose that belt. Yeah, so it's something that needs to be made right because these, the. It's not like a small hiccup or a slap on the wrist. It's like, you're, you're, you're like our. our our livelihoods are kind of in the hands of these refs and these judges so if
0: if if the judges get it wrong I mean it can really change the trajectory of your life essentially so they got to get it right yeah and in lighter news round five is going to be about (laughs) a present that I received that has been years (laughs) in the making from Michael when I retired he wanted to let me know that you know dad shoes are are still a thing and we got a nice little video of it that we're going to show you guys right now
1: so this is a gift for my, my good How friend, my counterpart. I've had this for a couple of years now, and uh, I finally remembered to give it to him. It's my retirement oh my gift God. to him, so Paul, <laughs> best day ever, you know.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, get on in there. <laughs> a pair of shoes? Yeah. Or is it just in the box? Yeah, no, you'll see. You just gotta get in there and...
1: Oh yeah? Uh oh. <laughs> got the get on the lawn,
0: the retirement gift. For oh, I'm, I'm putting this on right now. Oh, dude, man. I got my dad retired yeah, mowing the lawn, yelling at the dude, kids. Duke, two youngins, dude. Fresh. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> Just
1: oh dude those are right those are fresh that's <laughs> good on that you that is a hilarious game. i can't believe it took you this long i know i had it with me when i came to arizona and i had to leave but look at these oh, oh, i mean man i mean they do look good on
0: you oh bro. <laughs> these are my dog walking shoes now <laughs> can't wait to go to brazil next week <laughs> yeah I'll you know all the water walk- up my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe these and just
1: a Speedo on the beach. Yeah, I think that's a nice. good yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You got big feet, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't
0: know
1: you were 12. I was like, what's I shooting you, Paul? Gonna... I can get it's it. Get it's quite the gift, gift, Mikey. You know, I they look good on him and, uh, you know, well played. Thank well you. played. <laughs> I'm sure you will give me back some Team someday. Roundup. It's team Roundup, baby. Ah,
0: oh. oh, thank you, Michael. That was I. That was a true belly laugh. You know what I mean? Like, when when you... Said you had a present for me, and then you bring out this big bag, and there's all, you had all that wrap, you know, the tissue paper on top of it. And then there's a box of Nikes. The first thing I thought was, Dude, didn't get me a pair of racing shoes or running <laughs> shoes, right? I, I've got like 50 pair at home, I don't need these. What I do need is some shoes to wear out to walk the dogs and to pick up poop, so yeah, they're perfect, you
1: know. And the thing is, it was a it's for a good laugh, you know. This is my counterpart, this is my good friend, Paulie, and I go way back. I mean, uh, so. You know, you got to have a little fun with it. And I thought maybe maybe it'll piss him off. Maybe he'll be like, no, you know hilarious. what? <laughs> maybe hilarious. maybe this will piss him off and he'll be like,
0: I'm not wearing these dad shoes. I'm getting back in there. Yeah, you covered both. F- F this he retirement. might get mad and want to fight, or he's going to think it's hilarious. So yeah. it was a win-win. It was, for, it was, it was a, a win-win win for you. me. It was a win-win for the
1: fans. You guys got to laugh, and if he didn't get a laugh out of it, we'd see him back in the Octagon. So either way, it worked out.
0: Guys, to our first in-studio First of the year, UFC roundup, UFC 283 this weekend in Rio. We're back in Brazil. Me and Michael are both working it. We got the sandwiches here, guys. Go get yourself a sandwich. Tune in this Saturday night. Peace out.